1: Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits will walk qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue
2: bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com What's the most resilient parasite? Trank time
1: with Isaac and
2: Zouk. Can build cities, can transform the world, and rewrite all the rules. That's what I'll be doing every single night. Which is why. No, 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 no! Steal. What
3: are you talking about, Willis?
2: This is Primetime with Isaac and Souk.
3: It'll, It's going to work. It's passable, okay?
2: This, this isn't terrible. The best in local, regional, and national sports. With no hidden agenda. Primetime with Isaac and Soup on 1080, The Fan.
3: All right, welcome back. 405 here on The Fan with uh, Rob. That's me. Big soup's right over there. So up? Uh, we are partying. You know, we still haven't gotten to really the big news of the day, the dramatic news of the day. Done, done. Steve Nash let go by the Nets. Yeah,
1: that was one of those when I woke up this morning and I saw it. I had to make sure it wasn't like a ball sack sort of thing. Like, I, they fired him seven games in, and I was like, oh, it's the Nets. Yeah. And then it gets better when, when you read right after that that they're planning on hiring Ime uh, Udoka.
3: Yeah, how about that?
1: So, you know, fellas in the front office of the Nets, uh, keep your ladies close to you.
3: So we'll get to that story coming up. There's a lot to chew on there.
1: Yeah, and Boston said they're not going to
3: seek compensation. They're like, dude, just take him. Well, the the rumor was that the reason uh, Boston didn't fire Ime Udoka is because they wanted to keep him away from the Nets. They knew the Nets would snatch him right up. Yeah. But here the Nets are snatching him right up. So the timing of this is all very weird. Anyway, that's later. Right now it's time for the Jamboree. Let's go.
2: It's time to take a trip around the college football universe with Isaac and Sue. I would like to know things. This is the college football Jamboree. Part of primetime with Isaac and Sue on 1080. He is a five-star Goose Magoo. What? The Fan.
3: All right, while we wait for them to reveal the top 25 ranked teams in the first college football playoff rankings. Uh, let's talk about Auburn. So, Brian Harson is out. He, By the way, he is an offensive guy. Yeah, player. he was
1: the OC quarterback's coach at Boise. And yeah. The reason I thought he was the defensive guy.
3: Is he uh, instantly to Alabama when Bill O'Brien leaves <laughs> for uh, a <laughs> career resurrection? Right? I, I mean, I don't... I mean, he's th- awful young. Like you, I, I'm sure that guy's got a future, doesn't he? Or maybe not. Like Some of these guys, it's so weird... Some guys resurface and and rebuild, you know, like Lane Kiffin, like won't go away. Yeah, and then other guys just fizzle.
1: Well, and the question is, what is is Harson, right? It's like the same thing with Avalos
3: right now at Boise. Yeah, I, I, I guess f- I feel like, but Bo- he won a lot of games at Boise. Not not Avalos. I'm saying yeah. Harson was really good at Boise State.
1: Yeah, but I, some people will ask the question: Were you just a steward of that program, or did you really put your own stamp on it? But I mean, they were good. He won. Uh, gosh, he won only less than 10 games one time. So the question becomes, is he is he dirt Cutter? Uh, is he uh, uh, Dan Hawkins? I, I don't know. I mean, he'll get a shot somewhere else, but I doubt another Power 5 program is coming swinging at him right now. To he me, really? he either ends up as a coordinator somewhere or yeah. he ends up with another Mountain West type job.
3: Well, he'll certainly... Uh, you know, have his shot at some good OC jobs, I would imagine. But yeah. I'm just wondering about head coach. But he took over for Chris Peterson. And I think it's, I mean, I don't know. If I were him, I would be a little, you know, this idea that you're just a steward. When you when you take over for Chris Peterson, he won 12-9, 10-11, 10-12. And didn't win a Fiesta Bowl. And then and then the COVID year, and then he was gone, but yeah. uh, moved, moved on to Auburn. Um, He did really good there. I don't know how you could say that that was just writing. I I don't know, like a steward. I don't know what that means, like writing Chris Peterson's coattails. I don't don't think you can be that good for that long and chalk it up to just that.
1: I just think when he got hired at Auburn, I think there was a lot of people that were, well, everyone knew that that was not their first choice. And it just kind of felt like that was a settle and that he was not going to work. In order to be a head coach in a place like Auburn, Think about the kind of dynamic recruiter you have to be, because I mean you have to you have to go into living rooms of four and five star kids and convince them to not go to LSU, to not go to your in state rival, oh Alabama, and every other SEC program. And I just never felt like that was a fit. Uh, no, for it,
3: it was a weird one, and he had a lot of problems with his coordinators. I remember he had Mike Bobo, like he hired Mike Bobo for his offense, and he hired Derek Mason for his defense, and both of them. Uh, he fired Bobo after a year, and Mason left. Yeah, And he went to, I think he's at Oakland State. And so it just had a lot. It was just tumultuous from the very beginning. Yeah, So I, I don't know. Who knows what happens with him? But Auburn, that's a good job. Like, you know, you've got Nebraska, Wisconsin, Georgia Tech, Arizona State, Colorado. Those jobs are all open. But Auburn is another level above those. Mm-hmm. I think that o- Auburn job opens itself up, or opens... Up a new uh, group of candidates. Like if, if you're saying Urban Meyer is going to return to college football, which who knows if he will or if his school would even uh, want him, um, based on all the baggage that he brings. You'd certainly want him as a football coach, yeah. but who? Kn- I don't know. I don't know if college football is ready for Urban Meyer to just waltz right back in. Maybe the Nets will hire him because they don't seem to care. Yeah. But if Urban Meyer, you know, is looking around to get back in as a head coach. This is a job that could land Urban Meyer. Yeah. Matt Rule the same way. I think even maybe a Dan Mullen. Guys like this that are sitting out there that could probably have their pick of the litter. I'm not sure they're going to Nebraska or Wisconsin, but Auburn, I think, is is a much sexier option. Well here's the thing.
1: Auburn has everything you need to succeed. I mean, you won a national title there not too long ago with Cam Newton, but it's also challenging because you you do land that job with expectations of being LSU of being Alabama, and as good as Auburn is, you're not those programs. You're just not. So it's 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 kind of the the best of uh, the best of it, and also the worst of it that you're sandwiched in those, and you're expected oh. to have
3: those kind of results. But is it any different than the Tennessee job? And look at what yeah. Um, What's his nuts is doing there? Josh Heupel. Josh Heupel. Well, I mean, for whatever I mean, reason— none of the, I don't know. I think sometimes we try to compare all these jobs, and we, and we compare them to these elite jobs, the, the the most elite jobs. Yeah. And we know what those jobs are, and Auburn we know isn't one of those. It's th- close, but yeah. it's not one of them. And those. I think there's just some people
1: that believe that, like, James Franklin at Penn State winning nine games every year is a better job than being at Auburn and winning nine games every year. Because they feel like you're going to get your ass
3: fired yeah, by maybe. winning nine games. Yeah, no, but that's that's fair. For
1: whatever reason, Lane Kiffin's name keeps
3: coming up in this. I love that. Yeah. If I, they could get him, that would be great. I
1: don't know. Is, is Auburn that much better than Ole Miss? Does he leave? But the, the Lane Kiffin one uh, pops up. Hugh Freeze at Liberty is one that keeps I was looking up. at the
3: odds today. Uh-huh. The odds are out. The uh, odds makers put out uh, a list. Hugh Freeze is the odds on favorite. Is he? And then he's followed by Lane Kiffin. And believe it or not, Deion Sanders is third.
1: Well, here's the thing. the Dion is an interesting uh, character, to say the least. you got to give him credit for what he's done at, at Jackson. Like, he has made them relevant. He has brought in money. He has brought in boosters. Uh, I mean, he has transformed that program. There's a really good, I think they did it a year ago. There's a really good 60 Minutes piece that they did on him. Look, you could do a lot worse. And I mean this. You could do a lot worse to elevate the profile of your program than hiring Dion Sanders. I think that would be a very, very intriguing hire to see at the highest level. And he does say in that sixty-minute piece, he said, "What would you?" They asked him, "What would you do if a Power Five came calling?" He said, "I'd have to. I'd have to look at it." The other one, too, like you mentioned, is is Matt Rule would seem to be a no-brainer. And then I kind of like what Stoops is doing it down in Kentucky. And I'd say if I'm Auburn, I'd like, hey man, you, you know, you like the resources you have at Kentucky, you want a lot better one, and not have to live in the shadow of John Calipari, who you don't get along with. I think that would be another interesting one to see if he could go pluck Stoops, who's done an excellent job at Kentucky.
3: I really like the idea of um, Mike Leach going over there. Yeah? Um, Because the new AD at Auburn hired Mike Leach at Mississippi State. I don't know if he would hire him, but that's an – dude, Mike Leach is just good. Yes. He wins everywhere he goes. I don't know if that's the best fit at Auburn, but because I I think of all those names that we've talked about. First of all, if college football is ready for Urban Meyer – you want to win? If you can put aside some uh, moral he's the things, guy. He's there's the guy. your guy. 100%. If, if he's committed. Yes. Right? That's number one. Number two to me is Matt Rule. Like, If he's sitting out there, he's he wins everywhere he goes in college. Yeah. And pretty close to instantly. Yeah. That's my number two guy. But after that, now you're in a pool of guys that, sure. like, I think these would all be good hires. If they could pull Kiffin, if they could pull Leach. If they could pull – Hugh Freeze has been good. If they could pull Dan Mullen out of yeah. uh, retirement, he's good. Yeah, he's just doing TV now. I mean, it's interesting, though, that Gus Malzahn, the former Auburn coach, you know where he is now? Is he back at Arkansas State? He's at Central Florida, and he's 15-6. and six. <laughs> And, by <laughs> the way, he went 67-35 and 35 at Auburn. So, and, nice fire. And one half
1: away. Remember, they
3: were dominating yes.
1: Florida State. And yes. They, they
3: lost in the second half. He did run. a – Objectively, a very good job at Auburn. He's now at USC, uh, UCF. Sorry, he is fifteen and six. And by the way, Bo Nix is in the Heisman conversation <laughs> up here at Oregon.
1: So, what are you doing, Auburn? They say one of the reasons why Malzahn didn't work there is, um, and you hear this a lot at, at programs like this. He's not; he was not able to handle um, the other stuff that came along with being a head coach. You know, when you're a head coach at a program in the SEC like that, it is not just about X's and O's. And it, it, there's just that, that that his personality and just it didn't sit well with a lot of people that you need well, uh, you need on your side when when you're running a, a program like that
3: uh, we talked about this before but it is I think it was, was it Joel Klatt that was talking about this or somebody was talking about you know there are a group of old school coaches who who are not gonna jive with new school college football yep with Nil. Of and, and, and all that stuff, and, and and nil means, and raising that money means uh, far more sales than some of these football coaches want to do with boosters and things like that. Gus Malzahn may be one of those guys, right? Like maybe he's just better suited. He wants to sit at Central Florida and draw up plays and win, you know, eight games a year, nine games a year, and make
1: three million bucks a year, whatever he's making. Exactly. It, it maybe
3: because Auburn's a pressure cooker. There's yes. n- there's no doubt about that. I think Carson found
1: that out when he, when he, the moment he landed on campus, and he was like, oh, people don't really like me here. And it's a lot harder to go into a recruit's living room that you're competing against Alabama than when you're at Boise State and you're competing against, what, BYU, Fresno State, and and maybe Washington State for a
3: kid. Slightly different. All right, well, Oregon is number 8 in the first college football playoff rankings. Uh, They are uh, just about done revealing um, all 25, and we'll get to that uh, coming up next. I can tell you Georgia is not number 1. That I can tell you. college football, and they have released the college football playoff rankings. Now, uh, interesting to note, before I get to the top 10, where Oregon resides at number eight, your Oregon State Beavers my beefs. are number 23. Hells yeah. Let's go.
1: Go, Beavers, man. When's, I mean, just the idea that the Beavers are, are ranked? I mean, it's you, you can't say enough about what Jonathan Smith has done. He's made that program relevant
3: again. Okay? One second, I'm jotting down. Oh, the rankings here. <laughs> I was like, "What? Uh, what's happening over there?" So the Beebs are 23rd. Big game at uh, Washington on Friday. They win that. You yeah, know? yeah. Climbing, climbing
1: some polls. Remember the Pac-12 in general. Climbing some polls. You know, you look at the fact that you got Oregon, USC, USC, UCLA, Whoa. Utah, the Beebs. Look, that's it. Yeah, a, they
3: got five teams. That's in. a nice little run for the uh, right. the Pac-12. So the Beebs are uh, 23rd. Utah comes in at 14. UCLA, 12. Okay, so those are the Pac-12 schools. Yeah. Top 10. LSU is number 10.
1: Yeah, even though they're a two-loss team, um, I think people look at what LSU, especially in that second half against Ole Miss, and there's probably some SEC bias here. I mean, they lost to Florida State at the, at the start of the year, and then I don't know if there was any shame in getting blown out by Tennessee. Tennessee's well, really good.
3: I don't know if it's SEC bias. The SEC is just really good. Yeah,
1: but we'll see. I mean, they, they beat, play Alabama. This they week. beat Florida. They handled Old Miss, and then they get Alabama this week. So, and I think that's in Baton Rouge, if I'm not mistaken. So, you know, we'll we'll, we'll
3: find out, you know, whether or not LSU is for real there. I think they're the highest ranked two loss team. Well, all these teams have big games left, I and mean, we'll yeah. find out about all of them. But right now, LSU is ten, USC is nine, Oregon eight, TCU seven, Alabama five. Yep. And then you have the unbeatens. Michigan, or sorry, Alabama, six. Michigan is five. Clemson ahead of Michigan at four.
1: A little surprised about that, but maybe give him some love for that win over
2: Syracuse. And people are saying that might be a little bit of a shot at Michigan's soft uh, non-conference schedule. Yeah. And they played
1: nobody, whereas right.
3: Clemson opened up against Notre Dame. Georgia is three, Ohio State two, and Tennessee is your first number one, which I would imagine is... Uh, some sort of kiss of death, right?
0: <laughs> well, I
3: don't know. We, we'd have to find out.
1: Like, what it's, I'm sure bar Bartu knows. Like, teams that are ranked number one in the initial rankings, you know, odds of, of them winning and going wire to wire. I, who knows?
2: And I, I saw uh, Stuart Mandel point out that number three, an eight point favorite against number one this weekend.
1: Yeah, that's right. I will say that that is a bit surprising to me that that Georgia is that much of a favorite, and it's it's in Georgia, but still, that's a that's a big honk. And Georgia has not looked uh, as impressive as, as some people thought they, they would. But in these sorts of matchups in the SEC, it has traditionally been you know defense that wins. But we just saw Tennessee and Alabama play an ultimate track meet. and <laughs> I think Tennessee gave up 49 in that, if I'm not mistaken. But you know, they scored like 52,
3: so go figure. Well, Tennessee – or uh, sorry, uh, Oregon – is a Georgia fan, obviously. Yeah. Because they housed you. Mm-hmm. So you just want Georgia to just roll and get the top spot in the tournament. That's what you want. That's that's the best-case scenario that can come out of a 46-point loss.
1: I'd make an argument, though, that that may end up
3: biting you in the ass. Do you want... So you you would make the argument that you want uh, the SEC to just devour itself? I, I think you want Georgia to just roll. Like you That's know, what I just said. No, no I'm saying... Sorry,
1: flip that. If you say the Georgia just rolls, right? And cruises through. So Georgia's in automatically. Correct. You could end up getting screwed by that because you're you're sitting there and you know the your, your biggest fear is whoever it is, Georgia, Tennessee, Alabama, and it's really your threat from Georgia and Tennessee. If they're sitting there with a one loss, I just I don't know if that's the only loss. Georgia or Tennessee, one of those teams is not going to play in the SEC title game. And if Georgia or Tennessee is sitting there with a one loss and that's well, it.
3: But wait, but if you're Oregon, you're not getting in over a one loss Georgia. That's just not going to happen. So you need, you need Georgia to go to the yeah, tournament. Yeah, I guess you're, you're right. It's not
1: happening. You're right. You, yeah. You're not getting in over one loss Tennessee, but certainly it's a better, yes. it's a better chance than. Or it, Alabama. Yeah, because of the, the head head. You're the right. The team's
3: sitting pretty. You're right. I'll tell you the team's sitting pretty. And I don't know if they can finish this off, but TCU is undefeated and they do not play another ranked team. Yeah, They have already gone through the tough part of their schedule. They're sitting there at 7. You know, again, these scenarios, we could... So much football. Well, but there is, but at the same time, it's kind of fun at this time of the year. Now that we've seen these teams play, we know what these teams are. This is what the college football playoff rankings do every Tuesday as they stir up the debate, and that's a good thing for the product, right? Yeah. And and I don't like to get too into the weeds on these until it, it comes down to the actual debates of what really matters. But dude TCU controls its own fate because I don't think TCU an undefeated TCU that wins the big 12 they're in is they're not getting left out nope even the one loss I know people freak out about one loss SEC teams that maybe even don't win their league right or don't play in their championship game. That team whether it's Alabama Georgia or Tennessee is not going to that tournament if TCU wins the rest of their games. agreed. Which and, I think I mean so so dude they and they've already beat Kansas they State and they've already their, beat Oklahoma State. They've already played the toughest part of their schedule. Yeah. They have no ranked teams left. they now they are gonna have to win at yeah. Texas. Yeah. That's a tough game. And of course they're gonna have to win the big twelve title game, which is likely going to be
1: Kansas State or Oklahoma
3: State. Right. So I mean they've got a long way to go, as we said, but that dude, sitting there at seven they just got to take care of business. They're not like Oregon that has to worry about all this other stuff happening.
1: Yeah, there's a lot. I mean, I hate the stupid conference on, on the, the conference splits because we could see another one we talked about, Tennessee or Georgia, right? It, they play, and whoever ends up being the one-loss team, if, if there's not another upset, one of them gets left out of the SEC title game right. as a one-loss team. Right. You're going to make a very, very strong case, either side of that, that they get in.
3: Michigan and Ohio
1: State are going to be the same thing. If Michigan and Ohio State both cruise.
3: But wait, what if the other team in the SEC title game is a one-loss? They lose, and that's their only loss. <laughs> so now you have an SEC champion. three. And you have potentially, although I don't know if it works out that way based on who they all, they all play each other, but you could have three one-loss SEC teams. Yes. Right? Including
1: one of them that drubbed potentially the Pac-12 champion. Yeah. In Georgia and Oregon. It's so you a...
3: want Georgia. If you're Oregon, you want Georgia to beat Tennessee. <laughs> yeah. You really do. Yeah, you're and right. You, you basically want Tennessee to get their ass out of there. Yes. You, you need the Georgia to, lim- just, to, just roll. to roll them, and then you need them to drop another one, get them out of the way. You're right. Just That's George, what you want. Georgia just rolls. Then you want Ohio State to get Michigan out of there, right? Yeah, I would think. You'd be an Ohio State fan. And you're going to want Notre Dame this weekend to beat Clemson. You are a big <laughs> Notre Dame fan. It is a at games this weekend. There is Or USC to beat. Or not USC. Sorry sorry, USC's playing Notre Dame. Uh Clemson, I think their last eh, I gotta look at their schedule, but I don't think they have anybody besides Notre Dame left. That's good. You talking about SC? I said Clemson. Oh, Clemson. Um Uh Clemson's is pretty weak. Notre Dame, Louisville, Miami, South Carolina. Yeah, yeah. so you're a big I think if you're Oregon, you're a big Notre Dame fan this weekend as they host Clemson. Unfortunately, I, I feel like Clemson's gonna gobble up a spot and that sucks because you know, it's just it's a it's a cakewalk. They can Clemson. probably lose a game and gobble up a spot. <laughs> Seriously. <laughs> yeah, because the committee loves the champion the, the, the Power Five champions. I just so would, even if they lose to Notre Dame and they go win the ACC, that's a one loss ACC champ, they're probably in.
1: I would hope that if it came down to a one loss Clemson and a one loss Oregon or a one loss USC or mm. you know, I would really hope. That you would look at the Pac-12 this year. No offense to the ACC, I agree. But if you looked at Oregon, you looked at SC, you looked at Utah, you looked at the depth of this conference. I certainly think, in my mind, that a one-loss Pac-12 champ is a hell of a lot better than a one-loss Clemson. But you know, you can't discount the fact that Clemson is such a brand and, and people people respect it.
3: But they just that that conference stinks. The other thing that, as an Oregon fan, you want to root for is you, you need Alabama to lose again. And they have a couple of tough road games coming up. They're at LSU this weekend. Of course, LSU is behind you in the playoff ranking. Yeah. And so is Ole Miss, and they host Alabama the next week. So Alabama needs – if you're an Oregon fan, you want Alabama to drop one of those games to LSU or Ole Miss. If that's the case, Bama has two losses, and they are likely out of the combo. Yeah.
1: I mean, this is – there's so much to be, to be played out, but it is kind of fun to look at all the different scenarios and – kind of start lining stuff up. But ultimately, and, and I'm sure Dan Lanning will say this, we're not paying attention, win. Because anyone that's complaining or saying, hey, we had a chance to get left out or this or that or we don't get the respect, it doesn't matter if you lose. Because at this point, unless you're one of those, what, four unbeaten teams, you have no, there's no mulligans.
3: Well, it's kind of <clears throat> kind of hard when you've already lost by 46. Yeah. Right. I mean, and, that puts you. It's just really hard. But if is,
2: you win 11 straight to end the season, including a win over USC, and you've got you know four or five ranked wins in there, it's, it's going to be. I mean, I know that yeah. it's still an uphill battle, but that's going to be hard to keep them out, especially if you expect some sort of action well, of teams losing ahead of them. It is.
1: But, again, this goes back to, again, we can get into all these different scenarios. But let's just play it out, as Rob said. Let's say Georgia goes chalk. Georgia wins. They beat Tennessee in a close game. They beat Alabama in the SEC title game. They cruise. they in and you're sitting there, and Oregon is a one-loss team, and that one loss is an absolute humiliation against Georgia, and let's say Tennessee loses by a field goal, and Tennessee's sitting there as a one-loss and is like, really? Like, common opponent? Like we we I lost, get it. We lost uh, on the road, and, and if that's a close game... You better believe, and I, I wouldn't blame them. But they didn't I would win the league, though. I would not blame Tennessee for screaming from the
3: mountaintops. But we no, already... if I'm Tennessee, of course. But you didn't win your league. Well, Ohio that State matters.
1: Remember Ohio State uh, and Penn
3: State? No, I know. That's why the 46-point loss is it, so significant because just sucks. here are the here are, I, I looked up the largest losses from teams that made the college football playoff. Yeah. Okay. Would you like to guess? Uh. From starting from when?
1: Like the whole the whole
3: playoff. The whole playoff. Every team that's been in the playoff, this is the these are the largest losses for teams in that that made the tournament. fifteen. Twenty-three. Okay. Georgia lost to Auburn in two thousand seventeen. Okay. And twenty-four, Notre Dame lost to Clemson by twenty-four in twenty twenty. That was the COVID year. And that's it. That's, that's cl- it. That's the Ducks lost by forty. Six, it's tough, man. That's it's it's a tough slip. You want chaos above you. You, you. <laughs> you need chaos,
1: and you got to roll. <laughs> and it, like you know, you, when you, you get your big games, you, style points, I think do matter. Well, they do have that right now. Start crush. You know what you have like been Knicks, crushing, people. Yeah. Just put your foot on the gas. Yeah. Score seventy against Colorado. Make people in the south attention to what you're doing
3: all right a lot of football left but the first college football playoff rankings are out and oregon is number eight usc number nine tennessee the first number one team uh jam every uh tuesday at four let's move on to oh in the news yeah yeah i've got uh very shocking halloween follow-ups Fentanyl? <laughs> i'm guessing it's possible <laughs> How many kids?
2: How many? It's possible. How many did we lose? And uh, Newberg. More bigotry from uh, Newberg. What did we expect? Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites Prime time with Isaac and Sue on 1080, The Fan. All right, let's, let's get right
3: to it. Got the hot five at five uh, coming up. We'll talk about the, uh, my God, the Nets, the drama.
1: <laughs> as, as the days of our lives. Man.
3: Sands through the hourglass. Uh, also, the NFL trade deadline has come and gone. We talked about that earlier. We'll reset that for you. And the Ducks and the college football playoff rankings again. 16th time, by the way. They have ranked; have been ranked in the top 10 for, oh, of okay. the college football playoff rankings.
1: Now, does that count like week to week? So next week, if they're in the top 10, does that go to 17?
3: Uh, yeah. I'm assuming, right? Yes. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I
1: don't. Look, it's, it's nice to be ranked
3: that high. Keep winning, and you're going to need some help. But right now, it is November 1, 2022. It is time for in the News. I'm your noted newsman. Hello. Thank you. It is November. Can you believe that?
1: Yeah, it was a little weird. It's It's moving fast. It's gone by real, real
3: fast. This is what happens when you get older. Yeah. You kids.
1: The old summer vacation. When you're a kid, you think your summer vacation goes by fast. Wait till you reach your 40s. Life goes by fast.
3: It is International Scented Candle Day. Oh, I love scented candles. You ain't kidding.
1: Look, I I have a lot of uh, feminine qualities about me, and the scented candles is right at the top of my list. I love everything about them, except the the price. I'm not really sure why
3: that's considered feminine.
1: I think if you're a man, it's like you're not supposed to light candles. Yeah, Why shouldn't I like that's
3: like a Neanderthal take? Yeah,
1: lighting, dim lighting, like in uh in a lovely aroma. What's not to like about that? That's what you want. Although, I'm not sure what I'm more confused about. Like, everything's gone up in price, but hooded sweatshirts and candles might be my number one and number two. I don't understand. Hooded sweatshirts used to be like 30 bucks, now 90 dollars. Scented candles? Like, I'm thinking like five to ten bucks? No, $40 now for a
3: nice scented candle. Aren't hoodies made out of better materials now? They're just not the old. Not
1: really? Cotton. It's a hooded sweatshirt. I, I don't get it. Put sweatshirts now regularly, 80, 90, to 100 plus dollars. Blows my mind.
2: I did recently hear a life hack about the candle though. You can get those kind of generic unscented, like votive candles at the store. And if you get like some of those essential oils and put a couple drops in there, scent your own candles apparently, way cheaper than buying the scented ones.
3: Huh. I'm not going to do that.
1: I'm that not either. Like I just it, you know it,
2: yeah. But if if the if the price is really chapping you, that's an option.
3: I do you feel like Ryan Buckley is revealing himself as quite a life as a life hacker. Yeah,
2: like he. That's a. Oh, I haven't actually done
3: a, this. I only heard. I know, of but it. a bold you, move. You, you've got a lot of those. Uh, I like it. Yeah, I've uh, never. This, that's not, I'm not. A, I'm not criticizing. Now I
1: have some oils. Like, do you have a? I have a. Uh... Like not my an,
3: wife's in
2: charge of all that.
1: I have an oil diffuser, you See, know. So like, I
2: think you could use that on like a generic unscented candle and then when, you know, the the wax melts, it'll, you'll get that scent. Intriguing.
1: How about that? Cuz I love a good scented candle, but man, you go to the mall at one of the what's the Yankee Candle and I forget what the other one is. But you go in there and you're like, "Oh, I want that candle," and then you flip it over and you're like $39. <laughs> like, what? It's just a candle. And then you burn it and I feel like it's gone like in 4 days. Yeah. You burn right. I need longer lasting candles to uh if you're gonna charge me that.
3: But with your theme of uh it's a you know, it's like a, a female thing? Yeah. I will say in my house, my wife does handle all the candling. Sure. But I tell you, she does a great job at it. Yeah. And it smells wonderful. She's already switched it over to like the fall, like the Thanksgiving Yeah, you got to move. Yeah, the candles move.
1: Oh, man. Can I tell you that every now and then I try to go out on my own and I light a candle. It, it, it get, doesn't work. It gets put away.
3: Yeah. Yeah, she does that too. My
1: candle will be snuffed out and then it will be put in storage with the other candles. And it's, Sometimes it's just not working. Yeah. My <laughs> There's a lot of times my candle input is not valued in my own house. And I can really can't, I can't be upset about it because she does a great job of candle. World vegan day as well. Ah, get out of here with that. I got no time for that for business. We've the... never been vegans uh, as a human species, and I'm not going to start now.
3: I'm not kicking
1: down, uh, you know, a couple hundred thousand years of evolution
3: now. Well, the good news is you don't have to start now.
1: You're damn right. <laughs> Uh, Very aggressive about that. Geez. Take your cabbage crunch somewhere else. Uh, the Powerball jackpot up to $1.2 We did buy uh, a ticket, and we did not win.
3: Yeah, so you got to buy one for tomorrow. <laughs> buy one for tomorrow. So that's the beauty of it. When somebody doesn't win, you're like, yes,
1: even better. I didn't want the $497 million payout, which is what it would have been. Now I want, uh, you know, it's going to be like 500 and something million.
3: It is funny how, like, does anybody that plays the big jackpot lottery, do they think they're going to win? Or yes. They do? They do. Really? Yes. Wow. Yeah. It's Because every time I check the ticket, I'm like, God, what yeah. a... every <laughs> time I pick up the the ticket, I'm like, what a waste of money. Pretty much. You know. It's a dollar gift certificate, or in this case, what, two bucks? Yeah, I think they're two dollars. It's two it's a dollar. O- we always do it by the twenties. Yeah. Because we're very rich. <laughs> Look at you. So so we bought she bought she does, she handles it. Again, candling, <laughs> candling. ticketing, she handles it all. Uh twenty dollars worth. <laughs> and so now we're gonna have to buy twenty more dollars worth.
1: I always tell that because same thing. She buys the lot of tickets. I said, just buy one. Your odds don't improve. Right. Just buy one, two bucks, and 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 she does it. She she always ends up buying now, like ten bucks.
3: Uh, well, I guess I better not. See, see I would
2: disagree. I say you have twenty times as many chances to win.
3: <laughs> I don't think that's how the math on that works.
2: Well, I just know I got I got more numbers. I got more chances. Yeah, you feel better about it, but it,
3: the reality is that your odds are so long, no matter what. It you're better matter. off with just one set of so numbers.
1: Buy the one ticket and, and go with it. But, we did. By the way. So she bought five tickets, 10 bucks. We didn't get a single number on any of them. I
3: don't think
1: we did either. She was like, did did we win anything? I was like, honey, we don't have a single number. And she was like, should we check it? We don't have a single number. Unless that is some sort of prize for having the loserest ticket of all time, we didn't win squat.
3: In our house, we have already applied some science. To the numbers and determine there are two numbers that are popping up quite frequently when we play the Powerball. There is, there was an
1: article I found once and it was like tips for winning the lottery. And there are numbers that statistically do pop up more frequently than others. We've talked about
3: that. Yeah. How was the Halloweeny for the little turds? Was it great out there? Two. We had zero. Well, good for you. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I I even opened the window and let Molly two poops. like She likes to smell, you know, yeah. sit there and wiggle what's, her nose. What's going on. And I was like, because usually she'll bark at the kids yeah. if anybody walks by or whatever. But I'm like, there's nobody out here. And I opened the window for her and nobody, there wasn't even anybody that walked by, <laughs> much less come to the door. Now, when I was pulling in last night, pitch
1: black, just pissing rain, there was uh, some people that were in my driveway. And I was like, oh, I'm like, that's... Like, we actually have trick-or-treaters. And then I was told that that was the first one of the evening. And there were one more that came after that, and they were, like, 17 years old. So my uh, the special lady friend was – she was
3: crushed. Do you feel bad for the – so when you get that, it's clearly not a hotbed for uh, trick-or-treaters. Yes. Do you feel bad for the actual trick-or-treaters that you do get? Because it's like, yeah. wow, uh, your parents really gave you a crappy – little bit. Crappy, uh, you know – Neighborhood. Neighborhood. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's no good. Or maybe they're just, maybe they went to a good one and now they're back home. They're like, ah, I'm going to go get some more candy.
1: I'm going to tell you what, though. If you trick-or-treated in my neighborhood, maybe you'd you'd clean up because there's no, we gave out.
3: Well, there's that.
1: An S-ton of candy.
3: The olds love to give out candy.
1: So maybe if you did come into my neighborhood, maybe you would uh, maybe you <laughs> would thrive. I don't know. We haven't trick-or-treated in years.
2: You may get the better haul, but I think the FOMO factor would probably outweigh that, that like you weren't with a bunch of other kids Doing it, you
1: know? Yeah. You got to shove over little kids too,
3: right?
1: Well, look. When you're running around? If you're. Yeah. Don't you? You got to get into some mischief. I mean, it's Devil's Night,
3: for heaven's sake. Is that bad?
1: No, it's what happens. Mix it up a little bit. I I just. I do feel bad for kids. I mean, not the really littles.
3: Yeah. But like the little brothers,
1: you know? Like a punk, like sixth grader. (laughs) Shove that kid down. I remember being a kid, the neighborhood just being swarmed and how awesome that was to run around. Same. And now when I see, like, Two families, three families walking around. I do feel that that's a total buzz kid or buzz kill. That kid is not getting
3: the real Halloween experience. He's really not. We had no reports of rainbow fentanyl. Damn it! However, reports out of Eugene: three separate incidences of razor blades in the little candies. No, we did not. Yes, we did. Really? Yes. I'm. Calling. I'm not going to lie to you. I'm, I'm a newsman. I, I'm, I have journalistic integrity. How many?
1: Three. I'm calling horse nears, and this is Karen putting a razor blade in her own candy.
3: <laughs> no, who is three separate incidents. Who is putting a razor blade? In what? Like in a Snickers? Three people! I don't buy it. <laughs> it says three people reported finding small razor blades. Oops. Pop up. Uh during wait. Small razor blades buried in candy bars after trick-or-treating in Eugene's friendly neighborhood on Halloween, according to the Eugene Police Department. Yeah, there yeah, are yeah. photos of them. Okay. And, yeah, I mean, here, you can see the little... Planted plant. inside the yes, dog, we think? Yeah, inside the wrapper there. See that? They put I, them in there like that. I'm, I'm suspicious. Very <laughs> scary. I am absolutely suspicious because... Something must be done. It
1: happens nowhere. In this particular Halloween, it happened like three times
3: in one neighborhood. The small blade was found and reported to police when a parent checked their child's candy before letting them have it. What a great parent that was. Yeah, again, I'm
1: pointing the finger straight at the parent who found it.
3: (laughs) Who was that? Jesse, what was that
1: dude? What was the... Smollett? Yeah, I'm... What? I'm just questioning how I'm is this compared to that? Because you're doing it for attention.
2: I think he's saying the person who may have reported this could be the ones. who...
1: Yes. If you yeah, if but... you tell me that you found a razor blade in your candy, something tells me my instinct is you put the razor blade there.
3: Yeah. Yeah. I, I don't know. I don't. I don't know why you would do that. Uh, I mean, I, I I I
1: get that a lot more than why someone randomly would put a <laughs> razor blade in a candy bar where it can
3: easily be traced back to your house. Can you you want to guess the candies? We've got an Almond Joy here.
1: Okay. I was going to say, it has to be some sort of candy bar with a heft. I'm thinking like a Milky Way Snickers.
3: It's not going to be a Kit Kat. It was a Kit Kat. We have have an Almond Joy. We have a Kit Kat. I'm calling right now. This is a lie. And I don't know what the third one was. Look, I challenge
1: someone right now on air. I challenge someone to hide a razor blade in a Kit
2: Kat. <laughs> Ooh, that's good. Let's do that tomorrow. You can't do it. Do we it. have any
3: candy around here? I don't think we.
1: Do we have any
2: razor blades? I ate it all. Not the razor blade, just the candy.
1: But you know what I mean, like a Snickers or an Almond Joy. You could shove it. It's a soft, yeah. chocolate gooey center. There's there's nougat. You can shove into nougat, but a Twix or a uh, Kit Kat, no, that's a Cookie Crunch and that's a wafer. You can't stick a razor blade in well, the wafer. It'll split wide open.
3: Couldn't you stick it in between the two bars? No, it'll It'll split the bars. This cuz it shows it here and it it's penetrating the candy from the side. Now, these these razor blades by the way, they're not like they're the ones used like in um like in a face razor, in right? pe- Pencil sharpeners. You okay. know those little little tiny? Yeah, they're very small. So, I'm I just don't think you could put I need to see
1: Someone on YouTube. I need a MythBuster.
2: You know who could do it? Adam with the soldering iron.
1: <laughs> yeah, I need Adam to see if he can razor blade a Kit Kat
3: because I don't a th- mini Kit Kat. a mini Kit Kat. I don't think he can. All right. Well, there's your scary Halloween. News. I'm suspicious of this whole thing. Sorry, kids. Um, more bigotry in Newburgh. We'll get to that next on the fan. All right, one more story for you here on uh, In the News. By the way, I was looking a little closer, too, at the candies. Yeah, the fake story because that didn't happen. From the Eugene uh, Police Department. Um, Yeah, they're saying they all came... From all three of them came from separate households but they were all three picked up in, in a three block radius so, yeah, it's, so it's likely like, the same so this is what I'm saying like when people say how can you
1: trace it back to one house you got a pretty good idea to narrow it down of where it came from I would also like to ask the question if it's really that tiny and and how on earth did the parent even know it was there? Like you're telling me they that, that those parents, three separate sets of parents went through every single piece of candy and carefully inspected well, them to the point where they found a tiny razor blade? No, I think
3: what happened,
1: it lo- it's what happened
3: was I'm, they knew it was there because they placed it. <laughs> I'm looking at the pictures and it looks like they they basically the candy was unwrapped. <laughs> That's basically what it was. And so I'm guessing, you know, they're just, you know, if there is a perp um, they just think the parents won't check the candy, right? Yeah. So the candy's unwrapped, and then they 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 almost filleted the Kit Kat open. It, it shows here. here I'll show it to yeah, because there's no good way to hide a no. razor blade into a Kit Kat. No, they. No, we'll pull up. Anyway, they almost filleted the Kit Kat open and placed it inside <laughs> there. Like it was very intricate. It looks like from the pictures how this was done, but. uh yeah. Anyway, the Eugene Police Department is uh, warning. Well, luckily, no child was they hurt. They're investigating, right? No now. child was hurt,
1: and thank God, uh, no fentanyl.
3: Well, what is what is interesting to your point is it's never bitten into. Ever. It's always found. It's always found. So how many parents actually check their kids' candy? I just It it just seems BS. Did you this always check your kids' candy?
1: Never. Not a single time unless I was checking for the Milk Duds in the 100 Grand thing Bar because I wanted to steal them. You get they're just randomly checking candy and then just all three and but we have no reports of anyone so they only put out three razor blades because no kid actually ate any razor blades the only three that were in there were all found by separate parents i just
3: there's probably a neighbor they hate and they're trying to pin it on it just
1: doesn't make any sense get him out of there. i'm a big believer of when something like this there has to be something that that someone benefits from this just Two and two usually don't add, to add up to four, and by the way, this is like a <coughs> horrible me. urban myth, and it never ends up being true. So if it does, I'll eat my words, but I'll tell you right now, I'll I'll bet the ponies here that this story is BS.
3: Primetime Newberg, uh 3.15 a.m. Now this, I believe. <laughs> yesterday morning, um, or this morning, sorry. Video, doorbell vid- uh, cam video thing stuff things of uh, from house in newburg shows a masked nazi oh. who walks up to a house and lights a lgbtq flag on fire and New- and it bursts into flames yeah yeah it's that's not good and then he does the nazi salute keeping it classy towards the camera before walking out of the frame. For Pete's sakes. But he's wearing a mask, so we don't know. You cannot tell. Obviously, you can't tell uh, anything, you know, like yeah. who it is, the face. But. Um, Clearly send a message. It's a white guy. Lovable. I can tell you that. What? And. Can't believe it. Pretty skinny. Looks young. Sending a message of uh, love and understanding. I'm looking at you, Dusty. <laughs> well, uh, doesn't uh, Meringue live out in Newburgh? He does. But. uh how do I say uh, It doesn't fit the body type? No. No. That's not Danny Maring, I can tell you maybe that. Maybe he's wearing spanks. Although, Danny Maring may shoot this guy. Oh. You know. Yeah. Because Danny, you know,
1: packing. Well, it's Newberg. Isn't everyone packing? And on that front, um, I have a, a, you know, I. it's not really a neighbor. It's about five, six blocks from me, but it's on my dog walking path. You know, I've got a couple of the three percenters, the lovely militia people that
3: are out and about. Why do they call them three percenters?
1: I think it's a reference to the Revolutionary War, that only 3% of the people took up arms and they overthrew the government. Okay. Uh, they're a wonderful group. They seem just <laughs> really, really great. Uh, they have been uh, labeled a terrorist group, I believe, by the Southern Poverty uh, Center. Oh, but, they
2: show up at all the nation's hottest protests.
1: Yeah, yeah. So there's two homes, and uh, they got a bunch of the wonderful 3%er stickers and you know, a lot of cool cars and RVs and just really tip top stuff so I, i i avoid them i avoid that road when i'm walking the dogs but on the plus side uh one of them now has their own dog uh would you care to take a guess what kind
3: oh well pit bull there you go
1: and uh the other fun part is apparently uh while he's walking said dog around uh would you care to guess what's strapped to his back now
3: oh dear yeah yeah um you know so he's packing, and he just straps it to his back? Yep. Cruises around. So and it's like a musket?
1: No, 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 no. It's, it's, it's an so AR. It's a little hat on. It's, it's
3: an AR. He, he cruises. An AR. An AR. Open carry. So he walks his pit bull. Yes. With his AR. Yes.
2: 15? And this is to protect himself? I'm not certain.
3: There
1: is an old guy in the neighborhood that carries a golf club and another one with a walking stick. So... You know, a lot could go down in uh, in the old folks' neighborhood, but yeah, he... Uh, Holy crap. Yeah, I enjoy that he is now taken to just, uh, you know...
2: Uh, what does cruise. he think he's going to do with that? I don't
1: know. I, I don't know. But he will yell Second Amendment uh, MFR.
2: Flex on him then, so that's the answer. I, I, I don't know.
1: Apparently it's no longer uh, good enough to just avoid that street cause uh they're That's now terrifying. they're now mobile. It's a little it's a little unnerving. Jesus. But apparently uh we're an open carry state over there, so yeah.
3: Okay, <laughs> so that means you can just stroll around with your pit bull and an AR fifteen and uh the answer to
1: that question apparently is yes. Yes. I looked it up.
2: So you did? I did. You were like, wait, what? that can't be legal. It was a little unsettling. I was a little like, whoa. You call the non emergency police number so he can just do this then well, I just was a little I was a little
1: weirded out but uh, a quick google I would be that yes indeed uh, we are an open carry state so you can, you can have it i think whatever he's doing i i think it's it's okay
2: maybe you should start walking with like a just a bitchin super soaker or something like that you know
1: <laughs> i'll tell you what no i am not i avoid those two homes i avoid like the absolute plague and this is just yeah, reason 730 yeah it's just they have wonderful, tasteful flags up, and, you know, it's...
3: So so you think that guy is not to be messed with?
1: Or, or is he a total ninny? I, honestly, I just, these two homes, and I'm not going to take a... I'm not going to be the one that gets caught taking a photo out in front of his home. It just, both of the houses, they're side by side. They have a look like
3: it's, it's not good. <laughs> it's... You know it, it yeah just, but I just wonder the, that that you know, know really push comes to shove like what are, what's I, he gonna do with that I don't know you know do I want to find out that's true that's fair but no. I, I still just I just in the for sake of conversation what does this guy think he's gonna do get the likes of me to turn around and go the other direction and it works
1: I, I <laughs> it is really really unnerving and I'm not a you know I'm not an easily scared guy. But I, I do. I turn and go the other way. Like that whole area. I feel bad for his neighbors because the two homes stick out like sore thumbs. This is not a neighborhood where you'd be like, you're just walking along. You're like one of these or two of these things are not like the other. And they're exactly what you think they look
3: like. All right. Uh, the Hot 5 at 5 is next. There's in the news November 1, 2022. It
0: is 5.03 on the fan.